0: Good morning, everyone. If you'll please stand with us. We can worship together. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes our whole earth with holy thunder. Who leaves us breathless and all in wonder. The King of glory, the King of love.
1: Amen, amen, Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth, my soul makes its boast in the Lord, let the humble hear and be glad, oh magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together, amen, let's praise the Lord together, let's give him the glory, well good morning, welcome to Northside, we are glad that you're here with us, remain standing and welcome those around you. All right, you may return to your seats. Good morning. Well, good morning and welcome to Northside Baptist Church. We're thankful that you are here. What a beautiful Sunday morning, amen. amen. Man, what a gift the Lord has given to us today. Well, if this is your first time with us. Welcome. Maybe your second time or your first time in a long time. If this is your first time, we just want to extend a special welcome to you and just ask you, if you don't mind, to just let us know that you're here for the first time. You can do that one of two ways. There's a connection card in the foyer or there's a QR code that you can scan just to say, hey, it's my first time. Just a little bit of information about yourself. We promise we're not going to come bother you. We just want to know how to pray for you. And it helps to remember who you are if we can see your name and so we would appreciate that and if there's any way that we can pray for you please let us know um, how we can do that. Uh, several announcements in your Bible if you want to or not in your Bible you, you'll find all sorts of announcements in your Bible. Um, good announcements warnings as well in the Bible but your bulletin announcements in the bulletin. Um, right after church we have a spaghetti luncheon. This is a fundraiser for those that are going to Ecuador And so, I want to encourage you just to stick around. There's no minimum donation. Anything you give makes a difference for those that are going. Um, And that'll be right after the service. You'll see the line form. Just go and eat and enjoy the fellowship. Um, Right after the service, if you have students in youth ministry, there's going to be a brief meeting over in the youth room. Um, And so, parents, if you'll make your way over there, and then hopefully by the time you get back, the line will have died down a little bit and you'll get to eat. So, Parents, right after the service, just make your way uh, over to the youth room, and that meeting will begin going over some summer stuff and then also um, a series that's going to be beginning uh, very soon uh, that Gary is going to be leading on Wednesday night. And so he wants to give you a heads up on that. Senior friends um, are going to Golden's on the Square this Thursday. Please sign up for that. In two weeks, we have our next gen Sunday. Our youth are going to be leading worship, our praise makers. Um, have a little mini musical and so it's a next-gen Sunday focusing on the next generation so you want to make note of that VBS we still need volunteers if you want to go ahead and buy your t-shirts you can do that today while you're waiting um, to go through the line to eat there's uh, if you're interested in doing another possible mission trip uh, you've heard about this Brian shared about this Casas por Cristo please sign up if you're interested in that and we will have a meeting at some point To talk more about that, one other announcement to make is that this Wednesday is our monthly K through 5th grade discipleship night. I want to encourage you, kindergarten through 5th grade, to come to that and bring your Bibles. Parents, please try to remember to bring your kids' Bibles. Encourage them to bring them. Um, They use them, and we would love for them to have their own Bible for them to use uh, when they do that. Praying the scripture this morning comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So take a moment to pray through that verse, thanking God for his provision that he does supply, and then bring your need before the Lord. What need do you have this morning? Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's a spiritual need, an emotional need, a need that you have in a relationship. Whatever it may be, the Lord provides for those needs. Maybe your need this morning is for the Lord graciously to correct you, to discipline you. The Lord does that. He knows sometimes when, we, when we're going away that we need to be brought back to Him, and so He'll, he'll do that. And so maybe just pray, Lord, lead me to a place of humility and repentance this morning. So take a moment, pray through that verse, and then I will pray for us, and then we'll sing some more together. Father, we praise you for being God, the sovereign God, creator God, the one who owns everything and rules over it all. You are our God. And this verse teaches us that you will, not may, but that you will supply, provide for our every need. Father, there's a lot that we want. God, you don't promise to give us everything that we want. And Father, even our wants, we want them to line up with your will. Father, you do promise to give us everything that we need. You'll supply it. So Father, maybe somebody walks in today and they're struggling financially. Maybe they're just struggling spiritually. They're lukewarm or they just feel stagnant or they feel hopeless father maybe they walk in just emotionally exhausted mentally just struggling just wondering how they're just going to make it through today father maybe it's a, a marital need or there's a need that they have in their child's life that relationship is strained and there needs to be forgiveness there needs to be healing lord you know our needs So, God, we lay them before you. And, Father, one of those needs is the need for correction, the need for discipline. A loving parent disciplines his children, and a loving Heavenly Father disciplines his sons and daughters. And so, Father, maybe today we just need some conviction. Maybe we need a word of encouragement. Maybe we need some humility. Father, you know what we need as we sit here. You know us better than we know ourselves. So, Father, as we sing these next two songs, as we hear the choir sing, as we hear your word proclaimed, Lord, meet that need, we pray, for your glory and your honor, and help us to be a people who will trust and surrender to you. Let me ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, would you stand? Let's worship.
0: vai ser rester...
1: At this time, our kiddos are going to make their way to Children's Church. Everybody else will take their Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This past Tuesday night at our Western Baptist Association spring meeting that was here, the guy that was preaching said, Sometimes in our Sunday morning worship services, we have the order so planned out, we don't give the Spirit any room to move. And so I'm thankful Curtis feels the freedom to let the Spirit work. And if the Spirit says, do it again, we do it again. Um, and so thankful that he uh, felt that uh, the Spirit led him to do that. And uh, thank you, Glenn. I don't know where you, there he is over there. Brother, for not singing it just once, but twice. Uh, so praise, praise the Lord. That was wonderful. What a blessing. The Lord has reached down and saved us. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Let's read this, and then I'll explain uh, where we're going um, over the next several weeks. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? This is the Word of the Lord. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. You may be seated. We're going to spend four weeks, not four weeks in a row because we got our next-gen service and then we got our graduate Sunday service. We're going to spend four weeks in a series. This will get us through May. The series is entitled Entrusted. And then starting the first Sunday in June, we're going to spend the summer and into August looking at the book of Esther Um, in the old testament but we're going to spend four weeks looking at this idea of entrusted a life of stewardship a life of stewardship and so right from the start i'm going to show you my cards Just going to lay them out there for you when it comes to stewardship pull no punches and so here we go um god is god and you are not god is god and i am not god is as creator, as the sovereign one, owns it all. You own nothing. I own nothing. God owns you. He owns everything around you. He created you. You belong to him. And ultimately, you are accountable to him. Now, that is not the mantra of the world in which we live. Their mentality is, I'm the captain of my ship it's my ship and i'm the captain and therefore i'm going to do whatever i want to do i will live how i want i will do what i want i will say what i want i'm in control what i have is mine and i will do with it whatever i please this body is mine and i will do with it whatever i please I'm more important than you. And therefore, I will treat you however I please. Because it's ultimately about me. I'm in charge. A couple weeks ago, Easter Sunday, focusing on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul makes an incredible argument. There were some people in Corinth who did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. And so Paul says, if there is no resurrection from the dead, if you won't be raised, then Christ was not raised. And if Christ was not raised, then your faith is futile, and there is no forgiveness of sins. And then he says this, if the dead in Christ are not raised, because Christ is not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If Jesus is not who he says he is, and he has not been raised from the dead, then God's word is a lie. It falls apart. You ought to live however you want to live because when you die, that's all there is. There's nothing more beyond that. So just eat, drink, for tomorrow you die. But then Paul goes on to say this. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. Because Paul believes Christ is raised from the dead. And if he is raised from the dead, then that changes everything about your life and mine. And that includes this area of stewardship. So what is stewardship? Well, it says here in chapter 4, verse 1, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ. Just a little bit of background here. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. And in the church in Corinth, there's some major division taking place. And often that division um, centers, any division really, centers when Christ is not where he should be. And so they say, what I mean is, chapter 1, is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. And so they're elevating these different apostles, these different ministers. And so Paul, in writing to them, says, listen, this is how you should regard me. As a pastor, as an apostle, you should regard me as servants of Christ. Now, Paul's not trying to belittle the role of pastor or apostle. He recognizes God's called him. It's unique. It's set apart. But he says, look, when you see us, don't elevate us, certainly not above Jesus. Don't compare us to one another. Rather, see us as servants of Christ, and then he says this, and stewards of the mysteries of God. He says, "Paul, or he says, God has entrusted to me this gospel, this mystery, that which was concealed, now revealed, that, that which was hidden and made known. God has entrusted this to me, and I am to be a steward. I am to manage what God has given me. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. See, Paul says, I'm a steward of the gospel, but the reality is, everyone in this room, you're a steward. If you go back to chapter 3, he says, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. You are a steward. That Greek word for steward is oikonomos. It means one who has the responsibility for something. One who is in charge of, an administrator, a manager. In Genesis chapter 44, you guys remember the story of Joseph and Right, his, his brothers, and they sell him into slavery, and he winds up in Egypt, and there's an up and down in the life of Joseph. And eventually, God elevates Joseph, and he becomes well known, and he's prosperous, and the land is prospering, and, and it's not happening where the brothers are. And so they come to Joseph, and they begin to meet with Joseph, but Joseph hasn't revealed his identity to them yet. And it says in chapter 44, verse 1 Then he commanded the steward of his house. So Joseph has a steward. And he tells the steward, fill them in sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. So Joseph's house belongs to who? It belongs to Joseph. It doesn't belong to the steward. But Joseph has a steward. Joseph has this individual who he is entrusting as his manager, his administrator, to take what is Joseph's, to be in charge of it. Though he doesn't own it, he's in charge of it to do as the master would tell him to do. It's a good picture of biblical stewardship. You and I are stewards. A steward is someone who by God's grace belongs to God. Someone who by God's grace you belong to God. You've been saved and redeemed, adopted, justified. You belong to God. And because they belong to God, they recognize that ultimately everything they are And everything they have belongs to them and has been given to them by God as a gift. Everything you have, everything you are, has been given to you by God as a gift. Which means, newsflash, you don't own anything. You're not an owner. You're a manager. You're a steward. God owns it all. R.C. Sproul said it this way, whatever God makes, he owns. If God makes it, then he owns it. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and those who dwell therein. Psalm 50, verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. God says the hills are mine and the cattle's mine. I own it all. It's mine. I'm the owner. Psalm 103 verse 19 says the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. God owns it all and he rules over it all. I've shared this quote before. It's one of my favorites by Abraham Kuyper. It says there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ who is sovereign over all does not cry mine. Every square inch He's the rightful owner. He says it is mine. Now, some may object, including maybe you. You say, wait, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. I was the one that went to college. I was the one that got that education. I was the one that prepared for the field that I'm now in. I'm the one that worked hard to get the job. I'm the one that works hard for the things that I have. My name's on them. I own them i've earned them certainly that's what the world would say maybe that's what you would say but listen to deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 17 through 18 beware lest you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power to get wealth See, if you think, hey, this is mine, I work hard for it, I'm the one exhausted at the end of the day, I get to do with it what I want, I would just push back and say this. um, You have a job because God blessed you with that job. I would say you have the skills to do the job because God blessed you with the skills to do the job. I would say you have the health to be able to get up and go do the job because God's given you that job. The Lord gives, and the Lord what? Takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You have it because he's given it to you. And in a split second, I wish I could snap louder. In a split second, he can take it all away from you, right? So he owns it. We we don't own anything. We're stewards. Listen to this. Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. He does what he pleases. Same chapter, verse 16, because this this helps us. It says, The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. This takes us back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. It's key to understand this when we think about stewardship. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them two genders two sexes male and female and God look at this bless them God is the one that creates them. God blesses them. And God said to them, here's their mandate, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Listen, God creates ex nihilo out of nothing. There are no birds. There's no mountains. There's no creeping things. There's none of it if God doesn't create it. And Adam and Eve don't exist unless God creates them. And so he creates them and places them in the garden, not to own it, because they didn't create it, but to manage it, to cultivate it, to subdue it, to have dominion over it. Right? That's that's this biblical idea of stewardship. God's the creator, and thus he's the owner, and God in his providence has given certain things to you. He entrusted certain things to Adam and Eve, and he entrusts certain things to us. And we are to manage those things. We don't own them. He does. We steward them. So let me challenge you this morning. You don't own anything. So give it all up to the Lord. Right now this morning, turn it over to the Lord. What in your life do you need to give up what are you trying to control what are you trying to say no God this is mine I'm gonna do with this what I want could be financially could be your time could be your talents it could be a relationship one of the hardest things for us as parents that we have to come to grips with is your child is not yours he or she belongs to the Lord and so maybe maybe you've got to. A kid who's a junior or senior, and there's this battle within your home right now of, well, this is what I want them to do, but this is where the Lord's leading them to go. Like We can fight that, or we can submit and say, God, they're yours. Whatever you want them to do, may they be faithful to follow you. Realize this morning that you are to steward and manage what God has given you. And this is key. We are to manage and steward those things in a way that will ultimately Honor and glorify him. And hear me, ultimately, we steward these things in a way that will further his kingdom and advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, we read this about those that Paul's speaking to. But they gave themselves first to the Lord. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then... By the will of God to us. First to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So let me ask you a question. Are you using the gifts the Lord has entrusted to you to further the kingdom of God and to advance the gospel? Now there's a lot of gifts that we could talk about. We're going to look at three um, as we go through this series. This is what we'll look at over the next three sermons that, that I preach. Three different areas or categories. We could add a lot more, but I think these are the three main things that we think of. One of those will be our talents. Our talents. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to talents, when it comes to gifts, natural abilities, spiritual gifts that the Spirit of God who indwells us gives to us, they vary greatly. Y'all, I can't sing like Glenn. I wish I could. I can't. Like, you don't want me doing that. I promise you won't be singing it again. Curtis would be like cut it off turn it off right now like stop this is not spirit led and filled right we have different gifts you have different talents we're not the same are you leveraging those talents those gifts to further the kingdom of God and to advance the gospel another week we'll talk about our time now here's the interesting thing about time we all have the same amount of time at least on a daily basis Now some of you will live longer days than others, but at the end of today, when we look back, we all had 24 hours, same amount of time. So are we using our time, the time that God gives us, the the days that we have to further the gospel and to advance the kingdom of God? And then, of course, our treasure. I've been here three plus years and I haven't preached a sermon yet on giving, but we're going to. That's going to be next week of so you may want to stay home i encourage you to come why because your treasure your money it belongs to the lord now here's the deal with money this varies very greatly even in this room some of you have made more money than others will ever make some of you have inherited money more money than others will ever inherit in their life and so it varies Are we seeking to use our treasure to advance the gospel and to further the kingdom of God? And here's the reality. As we just do an introduction this morning, you can use each of these areas, your talents, your time, and your treasure, number one, to honor the Lord Jesus. It can be pleasing to him, glorifying to him. And secondly, you can use these things to be a blessing and a help to others. Give yourself first to the Lord and then to others. Are you using your talents and your time to be a blessing to your spouse? You guys have different gifts, different strengths. Are you using those to be a blessing to them? What about your children? What about your next door neighbor, your co-workers, your brother and sister in Christ? What about the stranger that you meet? Are you using your talents and your time and your treasure to advance the gospel and to further the kingdom of God? Now I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4, because I want us to see an example of some people who lived out, modeled this life of stewardship, because Paul commends them. Verses 14 through 18, we'll work through this quickly, and then we'll finish by looking at verses 19 and 20, and that's how we'll land the plane. And then over the next three weeks, we'll get into these specific areas of our life. As we think about how God owns it all, he entrusts these things to us, and we want to be faithful. He says to them, first of all, in verse 14, this church in Philippi, he commends them for their kindness. He says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Right? They were kind towards Paul. They had a compassion for Paul. They cared about Paul. So there has to be this kindness. So he commends them for that. And then he speaks of their involvement Verse 15, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Paul's commending them because they got involved in the ministry of Paul. They cared about him. They saw he had needs and they stepped into his life to meet those needs. So kindness, involvement, and then generosity. Verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. And he says in verse 18, I have received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Look at this, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. They were generous in their support of Paul. And what does Paul say? They're giving, they're being stewards of what God had entrusted to them. And passing it on to Paul was a fragrant offering. Fragrant offering. It was a pleasing aroma offered up to the Lord. It was well-pleasing. It was a sacrifice acceptable unto God. But no doubt it was a sacrifice. Look, when it comes to being a steward, you and I have to understand, sometimes to advance the gospel and further the kingdom is going to require a sacrifice. It may require you to be willing to step out in faith and use your talents When you're an introvert or you're afraid to get up in front of people or to speak to people, you may have to eventually just get over that and use your talents and gifts. You you may have an incredible voice for God and you're sitting here and we don't know because you're too afraid and timid to get up and sing up here. Now hear me, I'm a firm believer. You don't sing up here to be noticed by other people. Let's just be honest. If that's your mentality, I'd rather you stay right there. Love you. Love you but just stay there. But if God's given you a voice, use it. And yes, you may think there's no way I can sing in front of people. If the Lord has gifted you, he'll supply the strength that you need to do it. But it may be a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to give financially, to help other people. The money that you send out, you no longer have to keep in case of this, or what if this happens? And your time, you're giving time, you're already busy, but to give more time to the kingdom is going to be sacrificial but that's what they do it's a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God and then in verse 19 he gives them this incredible reminder and here's how I want to end because I believe this issue of stewardship basically boils down to two things when you think about your talents you think about your time you think about your treasure using them to advance the gospel rather than for your own benefit basically comes down to this It comes down to the sovereignty of God and whether you will submit and trust Him. It comes down to the sovereignty of God and whether you will submit and trust Him. Because look what He says in verse 19 And my God, my God, your God, our God, the one true God, will not may, will supply every need, not your wants. Every need of yours according to his riches, which are unlimited, right? Which will never run out according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Church, do you believe that? Do you believe that your God will supply every need you could possibly ever have when it comes to your time, your treasure, and your talents? Because if you believe that, then you're going to live differently. You're going to be a steward, a wise steward. Because you believe that God will meet every single need. Why? Because God is faithful. He's faithful. The question is, will we be faithful? Because look at what he says in verse 20. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Will we, in light of trusting in the sovereignty of God, that God will meet every need that we have, will we then respond by giving God the Father glory forever and ever? Will we be found faithful will we trust him will we take god at his word will we submit to him there was a young man he was struggling with giving a tie 10 percent of his income to his church he and the pastor were having a conversation and he told the pastor that he just didn't see how he could do it and keep up with his bills so the pastor replied, if I promise to make up the difference in your bills, if you should fall short at the end of every month, do you think you could tithe? He thought about it for a moment. He said, sure, I can do that if you promise, pastor, to make up the shortage. The pastor responded, huh, what do you think about that? You are willing to put your trust in a mere man like myself who possesses so little financially. But you can't trust your heavenly Father who owns it all. Some of you are really good at trusting. Maybe some of you watching online are really good at trusting in people. Maybe you've been better at trusting the government than you are now. Or you're trusting in your bank. Or you're you're trusting that these people, your, your boss will pay you. But then when it comes to trusting that our God will do as he says, which is to supply every need... We just were like, I don't know about that. So let's be honest. The point, hear me, the point of this sermon series is not to beat you up. Understand, before this sermon is ever preached to you, it's preached to me. So it's not to beat you up, but it is simply to get us to see the world's mindset is not ours. God owns it. We are to steward it. And are we simply being faithful? So let's just be honest with ourselves this morning. The reason some Don't give faithfully or sacrificially is because you aren't trusting God. You're not taking Him at His word. You're not submitting to His will. The reason some of us aren't using our talents, the gifts, natural and spiritual, that God has given to us, is because we aren't trusting, we aren't taking God at His word, and we aren't submitting to His will. And the reason some of us aren't giving more time to Jesus, but give more time to our work or to our hobbies or to whatever it may be, the reason we do that is because we aren't trusting, we aren't taking God at His word, and we aren't submitting to His will. And so here's my challenge to all of us, as we live in some of the craziest times probably ever, is that we change our mindset from, this is mine, and belongs to me from our houses to our cars to every this is mine and belongs to me and to change that to god owns everything and i'm to manage god's blessings god's ways for god's glory that we're to manage god's blessings which are amazing and wonderful and many many we can count our many blessings name them one by one we manage them God, for God's glory. And so hear me, let me close it this way. You and I have to understand what a privilege that we have as men and women who now belong to Jesus. Whom God has reached down and rescued us. Do you guys understand that we get to serve and follow King Jesus? Nobody in this room has to serve him. He's not forcing you. You're not here because somebody required you to come. You get to serve King Jesus. Y'all, I get to do this for a living. I don't know why God in His grace allows me to do this. Like, you pay me to do this. And thank you for your generosity. This is what I get to do. I don't have to do this. It's not a chore to get up here. Now, there may be times in ministry when it gets hard and it's harder than others, but we get to do this. You get to go to work tomorrow and to serve the risen Savior, King Jesus. It's not a burden. It is a joy. And that means you get to take the time that the Lord has entrusted to you and use it to further His kingdom and advance the gospel. You get to take the treasure that He's entrusted to you and you get to use it to further the kingdom and advance the gospel and you get to take your talents whether it's singing or you're good at building things neither of which i'm good at and you can use those for the glory of god so we have a group that are going to ecuador in june and then we may have another group going to to build houses in mexico And then we had a group of people that went and served, right, at Bridging the Gap yesterday. And we're thinking about what are more ways that we can serve, local ways, and, and, and maybe beginning the partnership in Kentucky again. And we're beginning to think about all of that. But hear me, all of that comes with a cost. It's not cheap to go to Ecuador. Many who will go are going to use their own week's vacation. You only get so many weeks of vacation. If they're going to choose to use a week to go serve Jesus in Ecuador rather than spend an extra week on the beach, that's a sacrifice. You're going to go into a place where you don't know the language. That's not easy, and it's going to be a sacrifice. You're going to go eat food. For some of you, you will simply not eat. You won't like. It's a sacrifice. It costs us to do these things, but it's not a I have to or I'm forced to it's a I get to and look I understand that not everybody in this room physically can get on a plane and fly to Ecuador I get that some of you physically couldn't even get in a vehicle and make a four-hour drive to Kentucky physically you can't do that but man you can pray and even that is a sacrifice right because instead you could be doing something else but you choose to pray Right, You could intercede over and over on behalf of us. You could help financially. No, you're not going, but hey, I can't go, but man, I want to see the gospel further. And I'm going to advance the kingdom, and so I'm going to give. You can encourage. You can write cards. You could be doing these things. You could say, hey, how can I specifically pray? Right. When we think about furthering the kingdom and advancing the gospel, hear me, church, it takes all of us, all of us understanding that God owns it all and he has entrusted these things to us and we know he's faithful and I just want to be found faithful I want to hear those words well done thy good and faithful servant I pray those are the words that you want to hear maybe you're being faithful today maybe you're not Whatever it is, just bring that before the Lord. Say, God, you love me, you've forgiven me, and I just want to follow you. So take this, and i offer it up to you. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, then I can think of no better way to end the service right now than you to do that, to give your life to Jesus, to say, God, you created me. Therefore, you should have my heart. You should have my life. You sent Jesus to die for me. So this morning, I confess my sins, I repent of my sins, and I turn from my wicked ways, and I confess you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Because you gave me my life. And here's the reality. Since God owns it, every one of us in this room one day will stand before him, and we will give an account. And either you will give that account, or Jesus will give that account on your behalf. The perfect, righteous one standing in your place. Man, do you know Jesus? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, we just want to take a moment right now before we sing. We're going to do that in just a second. But as the praise team comes, God, we just want to take a moment. We just want to say thank you. Because, God, the blessings that you've given us, wow. God, you didn't have to give us any of this. Even from this building that we're worshiping in today. The men and women who've come before us, who gave sacrificially, generously, of their time to build it or of their finances to finance it. Lord, they, they, they've, they've shown us the way. So we, we sit in this building recognizing we don't own this church. In fact, the church isn't even this building. The church is the people in this room who are to live on mission for you who are to seek to leverage every good gift that you've given us, not for our own benefit, though, God, we can certainly enjoy those gifts. And we're going to see that as we work our way through this series. But even when it comes to giving to the church, God, you don't ask us to give it all to the church. That's not commanded in the Scripture. Lord, we get to keep and we get to use things and we get to enjoy things. But, Father, we understand at the end of the day, this is about seeing people come to faith in Christ. Because we have come to faith in Christ. Because, God, you have reached down into our life. We now want to see you reach down into other people's lives and to save and rescue them. And so, Father, just help us to do an honest examination of our hearts. God, you won't bring us to a place of despair. You'll bring us to a place of hope and change and transformation. But, God, to get there may mean what we need right now is some conviction and and some transformation. We might need Jesus for you just to lovingly come alongside of us and say, hey, your priorities are out of whack. Your mind is set on the things of the world rather than the eternal things. And So, Father, just convict us, but then change us. Transform us, we pray. Fathers, we offer up this song to you. May it be a sweet aroma, pleasing to the one who loved us and saves us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you. To... Come to... May be seated. Are you bound for the promised land? I pray that you are. All right, Michael and Angela, if you want to come up here. (coughs) So, I don't don't want to say many of you because we have so many new people, but I know several of you know who uh, Michael and Angela Hogg are. They were members here at one time, and uh, so they've been coming, good grief, for well over a year now, a year and a half, it's been a while. Um, So, we've had conversations. Um, And they just feel the Lord is leading them back here uh, for Northside to be their church home. And so so the Lord at different times moves us in different ways. And and we follow him and then sometimes he'll circle us back and and bring us back. And so um, anybody that joins our church, whether they've been a member before or not, I've shared with them, they go through a new members class. And so maybe you're thinking about joining um, just love for you to come just sit and, and talk with me and so if you'll rejoice with them one more time will you just let them know thank you all thank you thank you all right you guys can go have a seat you guys have plenty of time just to, to love on them again I know they're not familiar faces for some of you and for some of you uh, they are so um, they've just been a great encouragement to me uh, since they've been here and so i um, thankful for that all right anybody hungry because i'm hungry so um we got our spaghetti lunch right after the service so again you can go get in line and eat parents of students please quickly go to the youth building so we can begin that meeting go through that information and then you all can come um and eat larry smitherman you're the you the deacon of the week is that correct if you'll come and close us with the word of prayer and bless the food while he's coming Our goal for Annie Armstrong was $7,500. When I did my math this morning, and I got to confirm with Kim tomorrow, we have raised $7,507. So we uh, got the goal. So thank you, thank you very much for that. All right, if you will stand, make sure that you welcome the hogs while you're eating, before you eat. Um, And if you'll pray for the food, brother, thank you very much.
2: Let us go to the Lord. wonderful day in your house, Lord. Thank you for your your word being preached reminding us of uh, how we don't own anything, Lord. It's all yours. May we be obedient in our uh, management of our finances, Lord, of our homes, of our families, Lord. Thank you for this church family. Father, we just... Uh, Pray that you would lead and guide us in all we do this upcoming week. Forgive us where we fall short. Father, may you bless the 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 meal that we're about to partake of. May you bless the uh, finances that comes out of that that meal to further your word, your work. Father, uh, bless the hands that prepared this food, Lord. And Prepare our hearts, those that partake of it and and all that we go and do this week, Father. Forgive us where we fail, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.